Welcome to episode 89 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lapore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. As of January 18th, 2023, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still in second place in the Atlantic Division. I don't think that's ever going to change because the Boston Bruins remain an absolute wagon. Although the Tampa Bay lightning are creeping up mm-hmm. behind the Leafs, So it could be mm-hmm. a dog fight to the finish for second in the Atlantic. We are going to go over the week that was for the Toronto Maple Leafs since our last podcast, they had two wins and two losses. We're going to give you our thoughts and opinions on everything that has gone down with this team. And we are also going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Because it's an absolute shit show over there. <laughs> and we have to break some things down because I don't know if that team has any idea what it's doing. So I promise yeah. you want to stay tuned until the very end of the podcast to hear that conversation. But before we get into all that, it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lapore. How you doing, man? Anthony Bruno, I'm doing very well. I spent the weekend in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario for uh, a minor hockey tournament. Time of my life, time of my life, Anthony Bruno, watching those kids putter around chasing glory. Uh, episode 89 of the Guns for Punishment podcast. Shout out goes to Alexander the Great, Alexander McGillney, who for some reason is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Let's listen off, Bruno. 473 goals, 559 assists for 1,032 points. He's got a Stanley Cup, an Olympic gold medal, a World Junior Championship, and a World Championship. And this guy is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Where the hell am I? It's an absolute abomination that he's not yeah. in the Hall. Like that has, no to, that has to get rectified at some point. Yeah, and he was the guy. He was the first Russian guy that came over. The whole story of him like going overnight on this like private plane. They got him over. Amazing story. Makes no sense. I wonder if it's a political thing. Yeah, it it has to be a political thing at this point because the numbers and the accolades, like everything that that guy's done in his career warrants Mm. a Hall of Fame spot. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Actually, I remember when the Leafs first acquired McGillney. I was I was a young kid at the time and I was with my father and I believe he told me and then we went in the car and we were like driving down the street and some of my friends were playing road hockey and we rolled down the window and said the Leafs just got McGillney and everyone freaked out. I remember That's this amazing. so vividly. They're like, oh my God, Alex McGillney. So yeah, I mean, I know he wasn't on the Leafs for very long, but man, what a player. Yeah, back in the days when it wasn't just a matter of your phone blowing up that a trade happened, like actually finding out that a deal happened over the radio or in your car. So fun. What one point I've made, and now we're going to go on a spiral like we always do highlights. Something I think that doesn't get enough attention is what highlights used to be. When I was a kid, I used to wake up in the morning, put on TSN sports desk. I just gave everyone my age with Gino Retta and they'd go over the highlights And as you're watching the highlights, you didn't know who won. So it was exciting to watch the highlights. Like, say you were a Leafs fan and the game was going back and forth. You were hoping that the next clip would be in the opponent's end because then maybe the the Leafs scored. And then the game would get wrapped up and you'd pump your fist. It was awesome. Like, remember NFL primetime 20 years ago? It's fantastic. It was the best. It was the best show. I'm right there with you with watching TSN every morning with Gino Retta. Like, that's... 
That was actually one of the reasons I got into sports media was because of Gino Retta. He's he's a TSN OG, man. I would wake up every morning, whether it was him, Darren Detition, whoever, to watch Mm -hmm. the highlights. And like you said, man, it is completely different nowadays. Yeah, like now you're just watching the highlights to literally see the goals is what you you know the score. And even we're going way back. I'd like to know when exactly the ticker came on. The scroll on the bottom. I know CNN news-wise was the first, I believe, and I think maybe early 2000s to see when how it got picked up in sports, but hey, geek sports fans talking on the Guns for Punishment podcast. Yeah, let's uh let's actually move on to some hockey talk before <laughs> everyone turns off this podcast. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, me and Lapore could probably do a two-hour podcast on on sports media and what's going what's been going on for the last twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. All right, Lapore, let's get right into this with the Leafs. So, as I said right off the top of the show, since our last podcast, they beat the Nashville Predators, lost to the Red Wings and Bruins, and then beat the Panthers in overtime. Last night, William Nylander scoring the tying and winning goal. Willie. Just an absolute stud this season. So just give me your thoughts on what we've seen over these last four games. If you want to pick one game in particular, whether it's the Bruins game or the Panthers game last night, because I think some Leaf fans are a little bit concerned right now and the goaltending hasn't been great. The team is still playing well. Like, you know, they're playing at a 111 point pace at the moment, but they've slowed down a little bit. So what are your thoughts on what we've seen recently from this Leaf squad? Uh, I'm not happy, Bruno. I think, and people may freak out at this. I think at this point with the way the team is playing, we've fallen under the pretender category. And yeah, oh, Bruno got a reaction. Pretender so, category. Well, here we go. Let, let, let me get into it, okay? So the loss to the Red Wings, to me, the team was 5-0-1 on the second half of back-to-backs. You're not going to go undefeated over the course of a season. We'd beaten the Red Wings 100 times in a row. Good for Detroit. They beat us. Whatever. Throw it in the trash. The game against the Bruins, and this is what I'm getting to, I find there were two sides, of, of Leafs fans in this game, when you went on Twitter, there were the Leafs fans saying, yo, that was a pretty good effort. We're on the road playing the best team in the league. And we lost on a last minute goal. You know, that that is what it is, but we're a good team. And we went toe to toe with the Bruins. Okay. I am not on that side. First things first, I have very high expectations of this hockey team. And this team has let me down many times. This group has let me down many times. So they have to prove my assumptions wrong. Going into that game, based on what I'm used to, I expected the Boston Bruins to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if the Leafs wanted to show me that they were the real deal, they would have to beat Boston or at least outplay the shit out of them. If the story was, oh, they got goalied. Okay, well, we played great and we got goalied. That was not the case. And why I used the word pretender before with regard to how I think the Leafs are playing right now is because of the way they lost. The Timmins giveaway, Murray was trash, allowing a last-minute goal. That is not how you're going to beat Boston. There is no chance you are going to beat a team like the Boston Bruins over seven games if you're giving them opportunities. I still look back at that Montreal series and barely give them any credit because I think Toronto totally killed themselves in that series over the seven They they just handed that series to the Habs. 
Boston, you give Boston opportunity, you're getting swept. Look, get out of here. Why are you guys showing up? I was so disappointed in the way that game played out. And then moving forward to the game last night, Murray was terrible again. Four goals on eight shots. That is pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. You get to that point, and I do anyway, where you kind of support your goalie. I was at this mental thing of like, oh, it picked a corner or it squeezed through or it went through traffic. But as it happens more and more and more and more, you turn to, can you fucking make a save? It's not that you're watching these goals and they're absolutely brutal. One of them was bad last night, but just all kind of not amazing, not terrible, but man, stop one, stop one. Four goals on each shot. How many times does that happen this season in the National Hockey League? Who knows? I know Morazic had one where he allowed like three goals on six shots or something was brought up the other day, but it's just terrible. And you're not going to beat teams like Boston and Tampa when you play like that. And when you get goaltending like that, this team has work to do. This team has a lot of work to do if they want to be taken seriously in the playoffs. And when I say that, they have to add. There was that whole thing on Twitter of a Leafs fan saying, this team is amazing defensively. It's one of the best in the NHL. We do not have to add. This team needs help on defense. They need another body. They need someone to fill Muzzin's uh, Muzzin salary under the cap because this group will not do it. I'm a big Morgan Riley fan. He has not been good since he's come back, but I'll let, let him off the hook because of his injury, the fitness thing coming back. But Riley's a pretty volatile player and everyone knows he's not the greatest in his own end. We're seeing what we saw from Timmins. Sandine and Lilligren are great, but we can't rely on them. Geo is Geo. He's reliable, but again, and he played very well when we needed him during those injuries, but he can't be our minute logging defenseman in the playoffs. And Justin Hall is Justin Hall. It's not good enough. So until this team adds, and I expect them to, I almost assume they will, because they're not going to go into the playoffs with available cap space. At least I pray they don't. Until they do, this team's a pretender. I'll say it. Wow, pretty strong words there, Lapore. Just to play devil's advocate for a second, going back to the Bruins game, to defend the Leafs a little bit. So the Bruins, in their previous game before that, lost to the Seattle Kraken at home. Yeah. It was their first regulation loss at home all season. So heading right. into that game against the Leafs, I said, man, they just lost their first regulation <laughs> game at home they weren't happy with how they played mm -hmm. i remember their head coach jim montgomery came out and said like we were horrible we didn't execute anything like it was just a bad game so i knew they were going to come out and play a great game against the leafs and then also in defense of the leafs they were riding a four game winning streak against the boston bruins they were four and oh against the bruins over their last four games finally lost the other night so i'm going to cut the leafs a little bit of slack However, I do agree with you that we saw some of the same issues creep up. Bad giveaways, bad goaltending. And as you said, if the Leafs are going to play that way in a seven-game playoff series as a road underdog, it's not going to be pretty against the Boston Bruins. And we'll get into this a little later in the podcast in more depth. But it does, you know, it does raise some concerns seeing how that game played out against the Boston Bruins. Now, I love the character win last night. Mm 
because as you said, Matt Murray was horrible against the Florida Panthers, four goals on eight shots. He has not been good recently, and the Leafs were able to battle back and win 5-4 in overtime. They said to themselves, all right, this is going to have to be a track meet because our goalie can't make a save. The offense is going to have to show up, and that's exactly what they did. Matthews scored right before the end of the second period to cut the lead to one. Nylander heads home the tying goal in the third and then scores a Willie Styles highlight reel goal in overtime to win it. So that was a great character win. But the goaltending is is scaring me right now, Lapore. You know I love my stats, as do you. And I'll bring up another goaltending stat that I've been tracking. We've both been tracking this over the last few podcasts. Since, since December 15th, which is now a span of 15 games, the Leafs are 29th in the NHL in 5-on-5 five five save percentage. Awesome. At 890, 29th in the NHL and five on five save percentage. This is no longer a small sample. This is now 15 games. Yeah. And sure. You could say in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's still kind of is a small sample, but that's almost one quarter of the season. Now that the Leafs are 29th in the league and five on five save percentage, but they've still been winning despite that over that 15 game stretch, they're eight, six and one. So they're still winning games and it, it just, it's a testament to how good this team actually is, but it's concerning, man. The goaltending's got to step up. And as you said, I think this team could use some help on the blue line. I'm still more in the camp of, I would like a star forward to join the top six. Cause I think that could be very beneficial as well. But the more I see some of these mistakes happening on the back end, it does make me rethink my position on that. And listen, when you're heading into the playoffs, it would do any team good. doesn't matter if you're the best team, the eighth best team, the 11th best team, adding another quality defenseman. Yeah, and to that point, I'm sure a lot of people were screaming while I was going on my rant, oh, Sandine's out and TJ Brody's out. But that might happen in the playoffs. A guy might get hurt and we have to call on Victor Mete or Jordy Ben. And that is not going to cut it. Yeah, that's against, not going to be good. Against Tampa Bay and Boston. It's just not. One thing I heard, and I hate to be captain excuses, and as I just trashed the team, but there were those rumors swirling about a flu ripping through the team a couple days ago and really hitting them hard. So if that ties into them looking like trash, in my opinion, maybe that's the case. Because, man, the power play last night, the power play, Two for seven. The ten, the, the, the ten year olds I coach run a better power play, get into the zone better than that. It was hilarious. Guys were bumping into each other. They couldn't connect two straight passes. It was a total joke. But the whole thing about the flu is the Leafs looked amazing in the third period. So what? <laughs> the flu went away, and all of a sudden they were flying. So I don't know if I bought it, but if they did, if if it is true. This better have been one fucking hell of a flu. And it must have, it better have really affected them because they, again, they, I thought they were bad, man. Sloppy. We were here a few weeks ago during that winning streak saying how tight this team looked, what kind of unit they looked like. They seemed almost unbeatable because they were just so solid, top to bottom, not giving up scoring chances, getting goaltending when they needed it. Marner was lighting the world on fire with his point streak. It was awesome. Here we are a few weeks later, and this team is like reminding me of like the Randy Carlisle leaves and the way that it looks like a mess. And again, they're going to get wins because they're talented. And again, back to my expectations. You said they're what during that span, Bruno? 
eight, or eight six, six and, and one during that bad goaltending stretch. Sure, eight six and one. That's not good enough. That's not good enough for where we expect the Toronto Maple Leafs to be. So, pretender, man. Until this team gets better on the ice, I'm not optimistic about the playoffs. And even just looking at goals against per game during that stretch, they're 21st in the league. Hmm. So over the last 15 games, the goaltending's been bad. Defensively, there's been more breakdowns than usual, and they're 21st in the league in goals against per game. So they got to tighten things up. And, you know, we're we're kind <laughs> of... I, we are sort of in the dog days of the regular season here. Like we're past the halfway point. The all-star break is coming up. The motivation level is not at its highest to say the least. So I'm still going to cut the Leafs a little bit of slack. I don't feel as strongly as Lepore does, but there is definitely a little bit of concern right now with what we're seeing, but still lots of time to get this buttoned up and get things back to how they used to be. 10 to 20 games ago. It's time for a quick break because we have some breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From Let's a beard go. trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes Match your carpet by going to manscaped.com <laughs> and using our promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Lapore, just when you thought Manscaped had done it all, now they add in some beard products. Unbelievable, Bruno. I've been through all of the products from Manscaped, everything from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the underwear, the body wash and uh, shampoo and conditioner, everything. And I found out they were coming out with beard products. So I usually keep it clean. Those of you on YouTube who like to look at my pretty face know I like to keep it clean, but I'm growing it out simply because I would love to give these Manscaped products a shot because I know they will be A plus all the way. Go to the Manscaped website, GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's a great product kit. So you're gonna get the beard trimmer, you're gonna get beard shampoo and conditioner, beard nice. oil, beard balm, and the pro kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors Shit. to ensure that you are looking your absolute best. So Getting go pampered. to manscaped.com and use our promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code GFP20. I'll ask you this, Bruno. How much importance do you place or how much pressure do you think this team is putting on themselves to, I mean, they're not going to catch Boston, let's face it, to get home ice advantage in the first round? That's big. They need home ice advantage in the first round. If they want to slay the dragon, the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's not going to be good, man, if they got to go on the road. And I understand the Leafs lost last season as the home team against Tampa, but... You want home ice advantage again, because if you look at the standings right now, it is getting very sketchy in the Atlantic division. Tampa is only four points behind the Leafs, and they have three games in hand. Yeah, points percentage there ahead of us, I believe. So that could disappear very quickly. Yeah, they are like one tick ahead of the Leafs in terms of points percentage. They have mm -hmm. almost an identical goal differential right now. 
Like literally their stats across the board could not be more close. Really? Right now the Leafs plus 31 goal differential, 152 goals scored. Tampa plus 30 goal differential, 152 goals scored. Exact, oh, exact same amount of goals scored. Goals against is one off. They have both been amazing at home. The Leafs 16-3 and 4 at home, Tampa 17-4 and 1 at home. And they have almost identical road records as well. It's like pretty much the exact same hockey mm. team across the board. And that's just looking at, you know, some of the basic counting stats. But yeah. my goodness, man, those teams, they're both really good teams. They're both like top five teams right now in the NHL. So you, you want home ice advantage against Tampa in that first round. Yeah, we all know how these series go when we end up in a coin flip series, right? Usually ends up in our favor, guys. Jesus. And yeah, just just to confirm, looking at points percentage, Tampa right now fourth in the league, the Leafs fifth in the league, and Boston obviously are. first in the league. So the top oh, three Boston's teams first. in the Atlantic Division are all top five in the NHL as of recording this podcast. Who's two and three would be? It's Carolina and I was going to say Carolina. Okay. Oh, Jersey's still hanging in there, right? I guess a little yeah. wing streak lately. But... So the top five teams are all Eastern Conference teams. Awesome. Yeah. Someone, someone put out, or someone did, Money Puck put out that pie they do of every team, chance to make the playoffs and then go all the way. People were flipping out at it because you have, like, the Calgary Flames were among the top teams with the best percentage to win the Stanley Cup. And people are flipping their lids. How is this team there and this team in the East there? And Money Puck responded saying, the West is terrible. If you're a good team in the West and you get hot, you can go all the way. You can win the conference. It's up for grabs. In the East, mm, it's a gauntlet. Yeah, the Leafs, their first and second round series, if they make it that far, it's going to be like playing a conference final. It's almost going to be like yeah. playing a Stanley Cup final, really. They're literally going to play. I'll put it this way, okay? Let's play in dreamland here where the Leafs win the Stanley Cup. And I'd like to go back to see if this has ever happened in the history of the National Hockey League. In the first round, it's Tampa. In the second round, it's Boston. In the third round, say you get Carolina or whoever you get, but you're playing against a conference final opponent. And then you're in the final playing the team that won the West. They will have to beat four teams who have a legitimate shot to win the Stanley Cup. And not like, oh, yeah, that team can win. No, 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 no. Teams that will get action. People will bet on those teams to win the cup. They have to win four. Good it's luck, wild. Boys. And looking at the standings right now, now there's, you know, 30 plus games to go. Things could change. But as you said, Lapore, if they got to play Tampa, that's the fourth place team in the league. Second round, Boston, first place team in the league. <laughs> and if Carolina or New Jersey come out of the Metro, they're both second and third in the league, respectively. So your first three rounds, you're playing a top five team in the league. And then in the Stanley Cup final, yeah. you're playing, you know, one of the best teams in the Dallas NHL again. So you're playing yeah, exactly. four of the top, like seven teams in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup. And you might say, well, you're going to have to face the good teams anyway, but that's not a typical road to get to the Stanley Cup final, to play all of those top teams back to back to back to back. Yeah, it's gonna be so glorious when they do it, though, right? Yeah, it's 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 gonna happen this year, and the streets of Toronto are gonna be flooded in June. I can't wait, man, for that parade. It's gonna be incredible. Oh, Brune, here I was trashing them. You're talking about the parade. You mean people getting excited for Blue Jays baseball is what you're talking about, right? Oh man, yeah. I, 
I always like bringing up the parade once in a while. I'll get the haters chatting in the comments section. Yeah. Hopefully this time uh, you and your boys in Toronto know what the fuck they're doing when they organize a parade. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that Raptors parade because I was there and it was an absolute shit show. You were there. You got stories or what? Yeah, it was, I, I was, there was points where I was legitimately scared for my life because it really? was just a complete disaster. Just like, too many people. They could absolute it. chaos. Like it, it was, it was a complete shit show. They did not organize that properly. They didn't anticipate the amount of people that actually showed up. You couldn't, you couldn't get around anywhere. You couldn't move. It was mm-hmm. uh, honestly, it was kind of a scary situation. As great as it was to celebrate the Raptors winning the championship, it was also sort of a scary situation where you almost felt like you were like trapped amongst millions in, of people in the downtown core but anyway here's a talk actually and comment down below torontonians so yeah the leafs are the leafs we know the leafs are the leafs and i'll ask you bruno too being from toronto who has more fans the leafs or the raptors and why i asked that question is because i'm sure there's a lot of hockey fans in toronto who cheer for other teams and there's also the matter of i mean i would think most basketball fans in toronto are raptors fans like even even maybe more so than leafs fans and the whole thing with basketball they've done a great job reaching out to young fans i mean culture uh having a very uh culturally uh, diverse fan base so would you think the leafs parade would be greater or lesser than the raptors parade i've said this several times i have so much respect for the Raptors and their fans. I am a Raptor fan. Like I'm a fan of the Leafs, the Raptors, all the Toronto teams, Toronto FC. (laughs) Like I, but I'm telling you right now, this is still a Leafs town. It's still a hockey town. And as big as that parade was for the Raptors. And I know they're the only Canadian team in the NBA. They are Canada's team. It's the same thing with the Toronto blue Jays. There's a mass. I'm a huge Jays fan as well. How could I forget the Jays? But I'm telling you right now, if the Leafs win the Stanley cup, it is going to be an absolute shit showdown. Like it is going to be party central. It is going to be the Raptors parade on steroids, in my opinion. And wow. maybe that's also because of the pent up emotion and frustration over the last 50 plus years where this team hasn't won the Stanley cup. So I think if when the Leafs do eventually win the cup and who knows when the hell that's ever going to happen, it is going to be wild. Yeah, so I can stay at your house, right? I got a place to stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. And honestly, if the Leafs do win the cup, you know, in the near future, I honestly don't think I would go to the parade based on my experience at the Raptors parade. Oh, that's horseshit. I don't buy that. I'm not You're going, going, bro. Man. I'm I, going. As much as I love the Leafs, <laughs> I'm not going. I am going. I, I will deal with whatever going. I have to deal with. Yeah, I'll be very happy to go. All right, Lapore. So we've kind of alluded to this earlier in the podcast. But if the Leafs play the Bruins in the playoffs, and at this point, it looks like they would play them in the second round. Do you think they have any chance to beat that team? And even before we jump the gun, you could even talk about your thoughts on if the Leafs can beat Tampa in a seven-game series. Because it's going to be a dogfight those first couple of rounds. But based on what you're seeing right now, how much faith do you actually have that they can A, get through Tampa... And then B, take down the team that is on pace to set the record for the greatest regular season in NHL history. The way I see it is playing Tampa, to me, 
people forget, right? See, the Leafs lost in seven to Tampa last year, and I know they lost playoff series before that. But this Tampa Bay Lightning team is historically good. Three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. Unbelievable. But the way from what I saw last year from that series, I put it as a coin flip. It's going to come come down to one overtime, one save, one deflected shot that goes off an ass and picks a corner. Tampa, I see it as kind of a straight 50-50. Against Boston, and certainly being the team that does not have a home ice advantage, that being the Leafs, Ah, uh, that one were an underdog. I would put that one. I mean, even in hockey, I would say 60-40. People will flip out, but in hockey, that's a pretty heavy favor. It's not too often that it's more than that. We will need something to happen in that series. We will have to get luck, or we will have to have goalies who play out of their mind, have their best two weeks of the year, or m- maybe Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares just goes off and does something with regard to their shooting percentage <laughs> that, that we've never seen before. But as I see the team now, and like I said, I'm expecting them to add, I can see, again, I, I see Tampa as a coin flip Boston. We are an underdog because I was having this conversation with someone the other day about kind of sports in general and specifically to the NHL. I am always the first one to say the best teams have the best players. Look at the teams that win the Stanley cup. They have Sidney Crosby. They have Alex Ovechkin. They have Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, and Point. The best teams have the best players. But I think now more than ever, it really and truly is about having the right cast of characters on your team. And maybe that's because of the cap. I saw a stat the other day that, (laughs) hilarious, 27 teams in the National Hockey League are within 3 million of the cap ceiling. Awesome. as well. So stupid. So stupid. So I think now more than ever, you need the right cast of characters. So you can put a team together with a lot of talent and it doesn't mean they're going to be very good. When I look at Boston, it's, I can't keep I'm saying this. It, it's almost perfect. They're deep. They're heavy. They have speed. They have scores. They can beat you different ways. They have a goalie who's playing out of his mind. They have an intimidating building. Just the whole thing. Tough to beat, man. So the Leafs are going to have to do something special during that two-week period if we get to the Bruins and if we want to beat the Bruins. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Lightning series, again, is going to be a coin flip because barring just an absolute, like, miracle at this point, like, it's going to be Leafs and Tampa in the first round. Yeah, it's not even And by miracle, I mean, like, someone catching Tampa – or even the Leafs falling out of the of the two three spot in the Atlantic and becoming a wild card and maybe playing, I don't know, Carolina or New Jersey in the first round or something like that, which isn't ideal either. Specifically, a matchup against Carolina, but it's going to be a coin flip against Tampa, battle tested team that's going to be hungry once again. That series could go either way, and and it's just so crazy that the Leafs might end up blowing up the team, and you know not renewing Dubas's contract and getting rid of Sheldon Keefe if they, you know, once again, lose in the first round in seven games, which is kind of crazy because like we said, Tampa right now is in fourth place in the NHL and the Leafs are in fifth. And I agree with you right now in terms of what I'm seeing with this Boston Bruins team. If the Leafs do get to the second round, the first thing going against them is that they're not going to have home ice. And Boston, as I've said, 
on this podcast multiple times has been an absolute wagon on home ice this season. Like this team has been outrageously dominant at home this There's season. No 21-1-3 and three at TD Garden this season. So that's the first thing going against you. And I love that point that you made about the cast of characters, how Bergeron and Krejci said, screw it. Let's run this back one more season. Krejci comes back from the Czech Republic. Bergeron's back when he was contemplating retirement. You have David Pasternak, who's scoring at a 50 to 60 goal pace this season. Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy. Like they got some really good players, man. You go down that lineup, like Taylor Hall. Everyone just forgets about Taylor Hall just chilling there, like on the third line. It's a good team. Yeah. When I was watching the game, I'm like, oh yeah, they have Taylor Hall. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, right. They have Taylor Hall. Sure. It's it's wild to think about. And I agree with with what you said. The Leafs are just going to have to get hot at the right time. I think the Leafs have the talent to beat any team in a seven game series, but it's like you said, man, they're going to have to get really hot offensively. They're going to need Murray to steal one or two games at least, or who knows, maybe it's going to be Samsonov. I I was going to (laughs) say, I hope the Leafs figure out their goaltending situation before the playoffs start for the Mm. love of God, but it's going to be really tough, man. I, they're obviously going to be an underdog, can they get it done? Yes, but at this point, it doesn't look likely, and it doesn't look likely that any team in the East could beat Boston, but saying that, I, I honestly don't think the Bruins are going to win the Cup. Me neither. I, I don't know when they're going to get clipped, who they're going to get clipped by, whether it's the Leafs or Tampa or Carolina or, or in the Stanley Cup Final, but right now, it's, it's just, it is really hard to bet against that Bruins team the way that they're playing. Yeah, they're unbelievable, and me me agreeing with you saying, I don't think they're going to win the Stanley cup has nothing to do with anything other than we've seen this story before of the team that just blows, blows past the regular season. It just never seems to work out that way that they continue it through the playoffs. They're always, they always seem to have a bad streak at the worst time or just, you know, their goaltending collapses or something. And I'm not necessarily predicting that for the Bruins. I'm just saying like, we've seen this before and maybe they, do it. I mean, and who Lepore, knows? a quick stat for you. Only one of the last 14 President's Trophy winners has gone on to win the cup. Sorry, how many, Bruno? One of the last 14 President's Oof. Trophy winners has gone on to win the Stanley Cup. And that was Chicago? That was the Chicago Blackhawks. The shortened year. They went I believe like it was, yeah, it was in 2012, 2013. Yeah. So there you go. That's a crazy stat. I'd like to compare that to other sports. Teams that finish at the top of the standings, how well they do in the playoffs. It'd be, and it'd be interesting to go even deeper, see how far they go in the playoffs. But even on this topic, right, and total Leafs fan conversation, the format. Like, people are going to be screaming about the format that these teams have to go through each other. Now, you tell me, right? It almost benefits you. There's an argument that it benefits you to be in a wild card spot. Because if you avoid that side, like it would benefit Toronto. There's an argument there because yeah, at least they don't have the to go through. side of the bracket. Yeah, because they get to the other side of the bracket. Exactly. And there, there was a few years ago, I remember it was the Rangers. They finish in a wild card spot, but they avoid, because they finish in the wild card spot in the Metro, they avoided Pittsburgh and Washington in the first two rounds. I remember they ended up losing to the Sens, like a bunch of losers, but it was funny how you have these teams way ahead of them in the standings. And where the Rangers had the benefit, the benefit quote unquote, of playing Montreal, 
as opposed to playing one of their division opponents. And then again, they, they were Montreal and Ottawa and Ottawa was sort of like a, like a Cinderella team that year. So they, they had a pretty clear path to the, to the conference final. So it's not cool, man. It's not cool. Like I, I don't have an exact solution. Like people say, Oh, one versus eight makes it way better. I don't know. Cause you, you still have to reward, I think winning a division or something like that. But I mean, the talk's going to come up because it's affecting the Leafs and, I'm sure it'll talk up even more <laughs> if and when they lose one of the first two rounds. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more close to the playoffs. We'll have our 20-minute rant on how bad the format is, but mm. we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. We got to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Ah, gross. It is an absolute shit show over there, okay? GM Jim Rutherford just had a press conference earlier this week saying Hilarious. that the team needs major surgery mm-hmm. and there are some alarming things going on over there because Jim Rutherford also openly admitted that he is talking to coaching candidates <laughs> when Bruce Boudreau at the time of recording this podcast is still the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks so yeah. there seems to be a complete disconnect and also Jim Rutherford is under the impression that this team does not need a full rebuild he thinks that they can retool as if he hasn't been noticing what the previous regimes have tried to do over the last decade. And just to go over some numbers, the Canucks have missed the playoffs seven of the last eight years, soon to be eight of the last nine. They won one playoff series in that span. That was in the bubble season. Whatever, congrats to them. But they have done absolutely nothing other than that over the last eight years and now nine years, including this season. Right now, they sit 27th in the NHL in points percentage. They are actually one of the highest-scoring teams in the league, like Bo Horvat having a career year. Patterson's been great. They are 8th in the league in goals per game, but 31st in goals against per game, dead last in penalty kill, and 31st in the league in 5-on-5 save percentage. So, Lepore, I ask you, What the hell should this team do? Because it seems like from top to bottom, the organization has no idea what they're doing, what direction they want to go into. The fans are frustrated. The players are probably frustrated. What the hell do the Vancouver Canucks do? Yeah. Uh, Bruno, I remember we did our free agent signing episode and we talked about Mikheyev signing their Leaf player, Ilya Mikheyev. And we like Soup. We thought he was good. He was a nice piece to the team. He brought something different. But when you saw that deal from the Canucks, I sat here on the pod and I said, this deal just screams we're okay with being mediocre. Because you know that you gave him a contract that the elite teams in the NHL would not give him. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche, the Leafs were not willing to give him that contract. Why are you? Why are you? And for the Canucks and Canucks fans, comment down below. When you're running a team, you are selling one of two things, or at least you're trying to sell one of two things. You're selling wins or you're selling hope. Right now, the Canucks are selling neither. Neither. And for Rutherford to go up there, and I mean, these things with the coach, like they're, they've pretty well said that. Rick Tockett is going to be the coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's a Brujo's just sitting there waiting to get canned, going through the motions. But here you have it too. And this is what I don't get. Understand these teams, especially a major market like Vancouver. Back in the day before the whole Matthews era, 
I always made the argument for Toronto that there are certain teams in the National Hockey League who financially cannot afford to take a few seasons off and tank. I'll say it. I'm I'm from Ottawa. Sens fans would I'm, they would all agree with me if this team looked in the camera and said, "For the next two to three years, we are going to be bad and we're going to blow this thing up." It wouldn't go well for them financially because of season tickets. They need the attendance, the the buzz in the city. They need that. And I always made the argument for Toronto that Toronto can do it because it's a money printing machine and it doesn't really matter whether they're winning or losing. So I was always screaming for them to blow up the team because who cares? I mean, ownership, you don't care. I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs or make a run anyway. Just do it. And, and, and it finally, worked when the Leafs did it. And finally they did. They did it. And the Canucks, man, people always shat on Toronto saying, oh, nobody wants to play there. Who wants that media? Who wants that market? And I'm not saying things have done a total 180. But my argument for Toronto is that when you play in a market like that, it's a major city. When you're winning, people love you. It just took some positivity to improve the team in that regard. Players wanting to go there, players being happier to play there. And I look at Vancouver. Vancouver's a big market. Vancouver is a big franchise. Vancouver is a beautiful city. I've always kind of looked at Vancouver and thought, why is it not sort of like a hotbed for yeah, like free who agents? wouldn't want to play there? Why would you not want to play in Vancouver? What's the, what's the saying? You swim in the morning, ski in the afternoon or something like that? unbelievable town major market and because you are a major market i mean the canucks aren't the leafs but you can take a few years off if the if rutherford looked in the camera and said we're blowing this the fuck up canucks fans would be like praising him they wouldn't be arguing with it and it wouldn't destroy their season ticket their season ticket holder base i'm sure and and the cherry on top of all years that you could have decided to full on do it. And who knows, maybe there's still a lot of games left to lose of all years. You could do it. Maybe the biggest prospect we've ever seen. And he's from Vancouver. Like, how is this not step the one? Stars have a line for the Canucks to tank for Connor Bedard. And will they do it the rest of the season? Cause they're going to be bad, but are they going to go into full, like we're finishing 31st, 32nd tank mode. I don't know. Yeah, But no, no brainer. And what's so weird with GMs and there's ownership issues too. People talk about the, the Aquilinis and how much influence they have just kind of like when Melnick was here in Ottawa, how much actual influence Dorian had in decision-making of the team. But just, you look at these decisions and you're confused. I'm picturing myself in that boardroom, raising my hand and saying, uh, guys, there's this kid named Connor Bedard. Who's from Vancouver. And if we have a shot to get him, based on how our team looks right now with no real chance of competitiveness, let's do it. And, oh, it's also a great draft. So if you end up with two, three, or four, fine. And, and you move on. And you have assets. The other point I've always made, too, is that some of these teams wait too long to blow it up. The Canucks have assets. There's guys they can move. They will get big return for big return for some teams way too long guys leaving free agency or values go down and now you're starting from scratch vancouver's got talent on that roster the haul they would bring in crazy man crazy so to sum it up they have no clue what they're doing in vancouver and before everyone starts flipping out of me i'm a bc boy so i was kind of root for the canucks i'd like to see them be good i've always been confused as to why they're not good well since the sedine days 
because I think it's a great city. I think it's a great market. I think I think players should want to play there. And in situations like this, you can only ask yourself, how bad is it at the top that they can't get this shit together? Yeah, for Jim Rutherford to not understand that a retool is not going to work is just the most mind-boggling thing to me because that's exactly what Jim Benning tried to do. Yeah. And you go look at some of the decisions that were made, you know, picking up Oliver Ekman Larson's contract, made no which sense. we all knew at the time was an, was an abomination. No sense. And he's still not good. He's not <laughs> close to the player he used to be, and he's not returning value on that contract. And then... They signed JT Miller to a seven-year, $56 million contract. His extension kicks in next season. Next year, yeah. <laughs> and he's been, I mean, he listen, he, he puts up points offensively, but defensively, he's been a mess. Like, the Canucks are getting outscored by 10 goals with him on the ice at five-on-five. Five. They're negative in scoring chances, high-danger chances with him on the ice. Same thing with Brock Besser, as good as he can be offensively. And, and the sad thing is now, Lepore, their captain who's arguably arguably been their best player along with Elias Pettersson this season, um, Bo Horvat, he's a free agent at the end of the season and they can't even afford this guy. Yeah, he's gone. So he's one of the guys that they have to trade at the deadline. And Rutherford in the press conference even said, like, we've offered Bo Horvat a contract, but he's having a career year. He wants his money and rightfully so. And they're probably not going to be able to facilitate that. So it's sad that a guy like Bo Horvat, who was drafted by the Canucks, is 27 years old right now, having a career year, should be a part of this team long-term, and it looks like they're going to have to trade him. Yeah. There were rumors they kind of slapped him in the face, like they super low-balled him. I mean, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I heard they gave a pretty insulting deal as the first one anyway. And, you know, just to defend Vancouver a little bit, Thatcher Demko has been out for a while now, and he was having a horrible season. He didn't play very many games this year, but he did not look anything close to the Thatcher Demko we saw over the last couple of seasons. And if they were getting the goaltending that they received last season and the year before from Demko, I'm sure this team would be a lot higher in the standings. But there are still so many issues defensively with this team that they would have needed Demko to be Superman. And that was a lot to ask for as well. So there's just so many problems with this team from top to bottom. And they have some big decisions to make because right now, like let's say they the season ends today, they finish 27th in the league. They're still going to have a decent chance to win the lottery. I mean, it's not going to be a great chance, but they're going to have a decent chance finishing 27th. But if I'm the Canucks, I blow this thing up. I try to finish as low in the standings as possible. Give myself the best chance at Connor Bedard. If not, pick up another great prospect. And screw the retooling, because we have seen it with this team. The retooling has not worked. I think they got to go full rebuild here, tear it down, keep your core pieces, Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson. That's it. figure it out from there. I think those are are the only two names that I would say are untradeable. And I think, did someone not come out and say that Pettersson was the only one? So people kind of raised their eyebrows and they said, whoa, what about Quinn Hughes? But if it's me, it's just those two. Anyone else is just hurting you from finishing lower. And by the time this team gets good, it's going to be past their prime. And, and we'll, we'll lump in Thatcher Demko to that as well, because I still think when he figures it out, he's one of the better goalies in the league and Mm -hmm. he's under contract at $5 million till 25, 26. So 
we'll we'll include him in the core as well. But other than those three players, my goodness, I mean, anyone could get shipped out at this point, and it would probably be a good decision on the part of the Vancouver Canucks. Laporte, is there anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast? Well, I will say I'm really looking forward to the Leafs next game, uh, playing the Jets. It's always fun. To, for, some, for some reason, I, there is that rivalry, that whole thing with Shifley after the time they beat Toronto, kind of tripping us a little bit. I always find it's fun playing the Jets. Uh, they're coming off a pretty bad loss to Montreal, and we haven't been that good lately, so we'll see what happens. But anytime a Canadian team's coming to uh, Scotiabank Arena, I'm a little excited. Yeah, the rest of this week should be lots of fun. The Leafs are at home against the Jets on Thursday and then in Montreal on Saturday night, which has been a sneaky, tough team for the Leafs over the last few seasons. Always. Like, it's weirdly, the the Habs just, they always get up to play the Leafs. Yeah. And that could be a a prime spot to actually bet the Habs on Saturday night at home because they're going to beat the Leafs like, three two in overtime and it's just going to be the most frustrating game of all time yeah but we'll see how that goes but uh no you said it lapore love watching the leafs play the jets should be a lot of physicality in that game very entertaining and hopefully they can figure out the goaltending they can get this decor back to the way it was earlier in the season and hopefully the stars continue to score some goals and uh and keep this team where they are in the standings because we do not want to fall below the Tampa Bay lightning and be on the road in back-to-back playoff series. Who do you start on Thursday? I go to Samsonov. Me too. Fuck it. Me too. Go to Murray, get your fucking head straight. Both of them have been struggling recently, but what we've seen from Matt Murray, give that guy a break. Samsonov was great in relief against uh, the Panthers. So throw him in the net against the Winnipeg jets. Yep. All right. That is going to do it. For episode 89 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. Once again, if you are a new listener or a longtime listener and you really enjoyed this episode, it would help us so, so much. If you give us a five-star rating and review on either Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, if you are watching us on YouTube, we would appreciate it more than you could ever imagine. If you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, comment down below, and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lepore, I am Anthony Bruno. Go Leafs go, and we will see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone.